Good morning, everybody. Hare Krishna. It was the day after Christmas. I'm glad to see you all here. Also, um, I welcome all of you who are listening in online by uh, telephone, by radio. I'm Rupanuga Das, disciple of His Holiness Damal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, grand disciple of His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Ki This morning's Bhagavatam discourse is going to be given on the first canto, twelfth chapter. Uh, text number 19. Is that the one we have on the board? Good. You can join me. Special time of year. People become quite generous during this season. As I remember from the past, a lot of books get distributed. Before we begin our morning's discourse, we will uh, we will appeal to the Supreme Lord to please give us the words to say that will help someone. Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavalabha Girivaradari Gopi Janavalabha Girivaradari Yasura Nandana Bajajana Ranjana Yasura Nandana Bajajana Ranjana Yasura Nandana Bajajana Ranjana Jashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Jamunatira Vanachari Jamunatira Vanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha 
His Divine Grace, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Goswami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Ki, Ananta Kukti Vaishnavarinda Ki, Iskan BBT Founder Acharya Srila Prabhupada Ki, Iskan Guru Parampara Ki, Sri Rup Sri Sanatan Bhattaraganath Sri Jeeva Gopal Bhattadasaraganath Sadkosami Prabhu Ki, Namacharya Srila Haridas Thakur Ki, Ramesha Kahusha Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunitanda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasadi Gaura Bhaktarindagi Sri Sri Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shamakun Radhakund Giri Govardhanaki Sri Vinnabandam Ki Sri Mathuradam Ki Sri Mayapunabhadeep Damaki Sri Jagannath Puridam Ki Sri Sri Radha Kalachandidam Ki Ganga Devi Ki Jamunamaya Ki Tulsi Deviki, Bhakti Deviki, Samavita Bhakta Brindiki, Brihat Maranga Transcendental Book and Prasadam Distribution Aki, Nitaigora Premananda, Haribo, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga. Namo Vishnapadaya Krishna Vistaya Bhutale Shambhati Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namane Namaste Sarasvati Devi Gurabhani Pacharine Navasesha Shunabhari Paschatyadesha Tarine Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivanurottamam Devim Sadaswatim Yasan Tato Jayam Odirayat Nasapreshavabhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttama Shloki Bhakti Bhavari Nashtaki Antarasimur Bhagavatam Ki Jai Once again we're reading from the first canto, chapter 12, the chapter entitled Birth of Emperor Parikshit. This is text number 19. We'll repeat word for word, please, the Sanskrit text. Brahmana, Uchu, Parta, Prajavita, Sakshad, Ikshvakur, Iva, Manava, Brahmanya, Satya, Sandhas, Cha, Ramo, 
dasharatir yatha now is poetry brahmana huchu parta prajavita sakshad ikshvakur eva manava Brahmanya Satya Sandascha Ramodasya Ratir Yata Can please? Brahmana Hutu Harta Prajavita Sakshyad Thank you all very much for chanting. Word for word translations. Brahmana, the good Brahmanas, Uchu, said, Partha, O son of Prita, Kunti, Praja, those who are born, Avita, maintainer, Sakshat, directly, Ishvaku Eva, exactly like King Ishvaku. Manava, son of Manu. Brahmanya, followers and respectful to the Brahmanas. 
Satyasandar, truthful by promise. Cha, also. Rama, the personality of Godhead, Rama. Dasarati, the son of Maharaj Dasarat. Yatha, like him. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. And this is quite a long purport. So we'll go with translation beginning. Um, the learned Brahmana said, O son of Prita, this child shall be exactly like King Ichivaku, son of Manu, in maintaining all those who were born, who are born. And as for following the Brahminical principles, especially in being true to his promise, he shall be exactly like Rama, the personality of Godhead, the son of Maharaj Dasarat. Repeat with me, please. The learned Brahmana said, O son of Prita, this child shall be exactly like King Ichvaku, son of Manu, in maintaining all those who were born. And as for following the Brahminical principles, especially in being true to his promise, he shall be exactly like Rama, the personality of Godhead, the son of Maharaj Dasarat. How'd you like to be known as exactly like the son of Dasarat? Report by His Divine Grace, Raja means the living being who has taken his birth in the material world. Actually, the living being has no birth and no death. But because of his separation from the service of the Lord and due to his desire to lord it over the material nature, he has offered a suitable body to satisfy his material desires. In doing so, one becomes conditioned by the laws of material nature and the material body is changed in terms of his own work. The living entity thus transmigrates from one body to another in 8,400,000 species of life. How many of those are human? 400,000. But due to his being part and parcel of the Lord, he is, he not only is maintained, this is talking about the living entity, he is not only maintained with all necessities of life, or Prabhupada says necessaries, only with all the necessaries of life by the Lord, but also is protected by the Lord and his representatives, the saintly kings. These saintly kings give protection to all the projas, projas, or living beings to live and to fulfill their terms of imprisonment. Maharaj Parikshit was actually an ideal saintly king, Rajarshi we go, uh, because while touring his kingdom, he happened to see a poor cow that was about to be killed by the personified Kali, whom he at once took to task as a murderer. This means that even animals were given protection by the saintly administrators, not from any sentimental point of view, but because those who have taken their birth in the material world have the right to 
live. All the saintly kings, beginning from the king of the sun globe down to the king of the earth, are so inclined by the influence of the Vedic literatures. The Vedic literatures are taught in higher planets also, as there is reference in the Bhagavad Gita 4.1 about the teachings to the sun god, Vivaswan, by the Lord, and such lessons are transferred by disciplic succession as it was done by the sun god to his son, Manu, and from Manu to Maharaj Ikshvaku. There are 14 Manus in one day of Brahma, and the Manu referred to herein is the seventh Manu, who is one of the Prajapadis, who, those who create progeny. And he is the son of the sun god. He is known as Manu. He had ten sons, and Maharaj Ichvaku is one of them. Maharaj Ichvaku also learned bhakti yoga as taught in the Bhagavad Gita from his father, Manu, who got it from his father, the sun god. Later on, the teaching of the Bhagavad Gita came down by disciplic succession, from Maharaj Ikshvaku, but in course of time the chain was broken by unscrupulous persons, and therefore it had to be taught again to Arjuna on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. So all the Vedic literatures are current from the very beginning of creation of the material world, and thus the Vedic literatures are known as Aporuseya, Aporuseya, not made by man. The Vedic knowledge was spoken by the Lord and first heard by Brahma, the first created being within the universe. And then Prabhupada is going to give us another uh, 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 short a short uh, story about each one of the, uh, t- three of these persons, Maharaj Ichvaku and Manu and Lord Rama. So Maharaj Ichvaku. One of the sons of Manu, he had 100 sons. He prohibited meat-eating. His son, Sashada, Sashada, became the next king after his death. Manu. The Manu mentioned in this verse is, as the father of Ikshvaku is the seventh Manu of the name Manu, the son of the sun god Vivashwan, to whom Lord Krishna instructed the teachings of Bhagavad Gita prior to his teaching them to Arjuna. Mankind is the descendant of Manu. This Vaivaswatu Manu had ten sons named Ikshvaku, Nabhaga, Drishta, uh, Sharyati, Narishyanta, Nabhaga, Dista, Karusha, uh, Prishadra, and Basuman. Can anybody repeat those now from memory? It's hard enough just to read them. The Lord's incarnation, Matsya, the gigantic fish, was invented during the beginning of the Vaivaswatamanu's reign. He learned the principle of Bhagavad Gita from his father, Vivaswan, the sun god, and he had re-instructed the same to his son, Maharaj Ichvaku. In the beginning of the Treta Yuga, Treta Yuga, the sun god instructed devotional service to Manu, and Manu in his turn instructed to Ichvaku for the welfare of the whole human society. Now, Lord Rama, the Supreme Personality of Godhead incarnated, incarnated himself as Sri Rama, accepting, accepting the sonhood of his pure devotee Maharaj Dasharat, 
the king of Ayodhya. Lord Rama descended along with his plenary portions, and all of them appeared as his younger brothers. Who can name the brothers of Rama? Who was one? Lachman. Bharat. Yes, yes, sorry. Uh, who else? Shatugna and... Was there a fourth one? Ram. Ram is the fourth. Four brothers. Okay. Plenary, what does plenary mean? Plenary, plenary portions. Complete or full. It's, it, it, it surprised me when I read that uh, de definition of plenary because I, it was always plenary portion. So I thought a portion is just a fragment of something else. So plenary, what does that mean? So anyhow, it's complete. In other words, all of these portions of the Supreme Lord are complete, as is the Lord. In the month of Chaitra, on the ninth day of the growing moon in the Treta Yuga, the Lord appeared, as usual, to establish the principle of religion and to do what else? Annihilate the disturbing elements of whom we represent some. He's not annihilating us, though, in the age of Kali because of Lord Chaitanya. Instead of annihilating them, he's changing their hearts. Is your heart being changed? Do you have a sweetheart? When he was just a young boy, he helped the great sage Vishwamitra by killing Subahu and striking Maricha, the she-demon, who was disturbing the sages in their daily discharge of duties. That's the reason he has to go around killing all these miscreants, because they're, they're very powerful and they cause problems to the brahmanas. The brahmanas and chatriyas are meant to cooperate for the welfare of the mass of people. The brahmana sages endeavor to enlighten the people by perfect knowledge, and the chatriyas are meant for their protection. Lord Ramchandra is the ideal king for maintaining and protecting the highest culture of humanity known as Brahmanya Dharma. The Lord is specifically the protector of the cows and the Brahmanas. Go Brahmanahitayacha. Uh, and hence he enhances the prosperity of the world. He rewarded the administrative demigods by effective weapons to conquer the demons through the agency of Vishwamitra. He was present in the bow sacrifice of, of King Janaka, and by breaking the invo invincible bow of whom? Shiva. He married Sita Devi, daughter of Maharaj Janaka. After his marriage, he also accepted exile in the forest for 14 years by the order of his father, Maharaj Dasharat. Uh, to help the administration of the demigods, he killed 14,000 demons. And by the intrigues of the demons... His wife, Sita Devi, was kidnapped by Ravan. He made friendship with Sugriva, who was helped, I'm sorry, who was helped by the Lord to kill Vali, brother of Sugriva. By the help of Lord Rama, Sugriva became the king of the Vanras, a, a race of gorillas. 
the Lord built a floating bridge of stones on the Indian Ocean and reached where? Lanka, the kingdom of Ravana, who had kidnapped Sita. Later on, Ravana was killed by him, and Ravana's brother, Vibhishan, was installed on the throne of Lanka. Vibhishan was one of the brothers of Ravan, a demon, but Lord Rama made him immortal by his blessings. On the expiry of of 14 years after uh, settling the affairs at Lanka, the Lord came back to his kingdom, Ayodhya, by flower plain. See, flower power has been around a long time, even before the hippies. He instructed his brother, Shatugna, to attack uh, Lavanasura, Lavanasura, who reigned at Mathura, and the demon was killed. He performed then ten Ashwamedha sacrifices, and later on, he disappeared while taking a bath in the Sharayu River. Sharayu River. The great epic Ramayana is the history of Lord Rama's advent- activities in the world. And the authoritative Ramayana was written by the great poet, who? Valmiki. End of the purport. Any questions? Uh, I'll, we'll talk a little bit. Valmiki. Om Gyana Timidandasya Gyanan Jana Salakaya Chakshuran Militam Jaina Tasmai Sri Gurave Sri Chaitanya Manovishtam Stapitam Jaina Bhutale Swayam Rupa Hakata Maya Dadati Swabarantikam Sing with me. Vande Ham Sri Guru Sri Dutta Padakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavam Scha Sri Rupam Sagudattam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savaduttam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Karanasindo Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Taptakan Chanagorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpa Tarubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhyevacha Pati Tanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namah Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Garadha Sri Vasari Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Namaum Vishnu Padaya Krishna Vistaya Bhutale Srimate Tamal Krishna Gosamriti Namane So what to talk about? That's, that's a question we're faced whenever we have to give a class. Uh, we've got the verse here, and usually we have enough time in, in advance to prepare a little bit. So I would, I'd like to speak a little bit about receiving the Lord's instruction and the Lord's, and the Lord's protection. Um, it is said that we all left our home according to our own desire, our home being in the spiritual world. 
Uh, somehow or other, we became curious to know about the Lord's material creation. Some people have likened it to, you know, a bright light way over here on the horizon, you know, we see, and we said, I wonder what that is. I think I'll go check it out. And so we entered the material world. Some say if we desire to live outside the influence of the Supreme Lord. We don't, we don't like to take orders very much. We don't take very kindly to order givers. Usually, um, because we don't know of anybody who is really qualified uh, to give us orders that would help us perfect our lives. So we wanted to we we wanted to live outside the influence of the supreme. Yes, it means we that you know there's a certain little bit of envy there. Uh, like somebody said, why is it that Krishna gets all the pretty girls? Why isn't there one or two for me? And so we, we come to a place where we, we can find a pretty girl or find a handsome man with lots of money. And we come. We want, and then we, you know, when we get here, we, we start uh, using this material energy of the Lord for our own pleasure. We're taught to do that, you know, from the time that we're in the cradle, practically. We're taught what the world is all about. And so we, uh, based on that image that we have, of this of this material world as being our playground, then we begin looking for freedom, because freedom is a big thing. You know, we're we're always under the somebody's uh, watchful eye from the you know from the very early time, early childhood, and it's a good thing because we don't always make very good decisions at that stage of life, or even when we get to be old people. We sometimes don't make good decisions at all. So it's nice to have somebody looking out for us. So uh, what is that? What is that freedom? There's no song back in the 1970s called Desperado. Remember that, Mr. Bergman? He's not with me. He is with me. Mr. Bergman. Yes, you remember the song? Anyhow, one of the lines in it on Desperado was freedom. Oh, your freedom, that's just some people talking. Your prison is, what, walking through this world all alone. Pretty good lines, isn't it? Coming from 1970. Quite a few, quite a few interesting lyrics uh, produced during that decade, especially. Because it was, there was a lot of turmoil in the world. So there's something to be said for turmoil. It can sometimes produce very good results. Very, um, and, and introspective results. So arranging for the desires of the Jeeva souls is what the Lord does. I'm sorry, was that a comment? That sounds like another song. Uh-huh. Yeah, some pretty interesting things. But, you know, not I, I guess not a single one of those uh, lyrics, as they will put the music back in that time period, was really much of a benefit for those of us who were seeking some solution to the... Um, we didn't even recognize our degradation. We should have been looking for a solution to our degradation. Why is it that we're getting more and more steeped and sense gratification as we were back in that time period. Uh, so uh, Krishna creates this whole material world just to satisfy our desires. 
He doesn't have to have it. He's, he's not dependent on it for his enjoyment. And uh, even though there were a lot of, of heavy-duty um, um, uh, preachers back during the you know early period of this country's history, back in the 1600s, 1700s, who talked about hellfire and damnation, and, and there's, a, there's a God watching over us who is ready to smash you if you make any mistakes at all. Uh, didn't have any idea of the fact that God has created this whole material world just for us to find some happiness. Um, he created it for our pleasure. Uh, but then he also established laws for the orderly activities of the Jeeva souls. Uh, because without laws, rules to live by, um, there, there's another another song. Those who are on the road must have a code to live by. Uh, that was another song that came out during that early time period. Um, and so we have to have some we have to have some rules to live by to keep us from uh, destroying other people and in in effect destroying ourselves. Um, so. It, it was a desire, Krishna's desire was that the jivas should live peacefully, satisfied uh, with their own possessions and with all the uh, the materials that he gave us for performing uh, sacrifice, yagya. Uh, because uh, that's the way we, as the, we um, cooperate with the demigods to help both of us then, the demigods and ourselves, mainly us, I guess, uh, to find uh, a reason for being here. And unless we're asking the question about why we're here, we haven't really reached the human platform. We may be two-legged animals. What's the word for two-legged animals? Dwipadapashu. Dwipadapashu. Two-legged animals. That's what we are. Uh, we Just because we don't exactly resemble the other animals on the planet, we find ourselves having many of the same desires, many of the same activities, maybe a little more sophisticated, but pretty much the same thing. So uh, Krishna established laws for the orderly activities of the spirit soul. He desired that we live peacefully, that we use these materials that he's given us to, you know, to make it through this temporary state that we have on the planet. And, but he also permits the jiva souls to exercise their free will to degrade themselves by their own desire. So in, in, in spite of the fact that we can be living very pleasant lives, uh, enjoying the company of good people, still sometimes we, we tend to uh, move into other areas of existence, those that tend to bring us down in our spiritual awakening that we're supposed to be having. So, awakening the consciousness of the living entity is the reason that, that Krishna quite often sends different kinds of people into this world. And sometimes he comes himself, like Lord Ram. Lord Ram Chandra was so exemplary, so exemplary, so kind to all the people. People just loved him. They, and and I'm not sure they knew exactly why they loved him, but they loved him. Uh, I, I suppose that many people did recognize him as being the supreme personality of Godhead. Uh, but even those who didn't, maybe didn't recognize it, just saw qualities in this person that was so wonderful. 
like uh, like when uh, Ram went before Dasarath and was and, and Dasarath was supposed to give him instructions about leaving the city. It says, you know, now that you become the prince regent and you're about to be installed on the throne as king, uh, now because of a favor that I gave one of my wives, I'm going to have to tell you get out of here for about 14 years. Just kind of travel around in the forest. And Ram, of course, Dasarat was not in any, in any condition to tell Ram that, so he had to be told that <clears throat> by one of the wives of Dasarat. And uh, Lord Ramchandra, he didn't he barely paid any attention to what he had been told. He said, why is my father not greeting me as he usually does? He was willing to go without any argument at all to the forest. And he was just about to become emperor of the world. And we, you know, I regret it when I lost my Yeti cup the other night somewhere. My Yeti cup, my cup, my insulated cup. You know, you know what a Yeti cup is? It's one of, one of the brands. Yeah, something like that. But you're, that's not mine, though. That must be yours. Um, and and so, just at the least little loss as as that, uh, we you know we get all disturbed, and it's constantly in our minds. How where did I leave it? You know, did somebody pick it up? Somebody must have picked it up. Somebody ran off with it. They took it, even though they knew it was my cup. They took my cup. And here's Lord Ram, about to about to have to give up the entire world and go to the forest and wear tree bark. I don't know how that works. Tree bark, that that I'm known, is not not a very pleasant substance to try to make a some clothing out of. Anyhow, he did it. Um, Krishna arranges for all the jivas to take the reactions. Now, this is part of awakening our consciousness um, that he has to has to uh, give us, you know, reactions to what we do. And and unfortunately for many of us, I spent the first almost 30 years of my life not even knowing about that at all, nothing about it. And and yet uh, um, it became very obvious to me when I heard it. Yes, this is true. Uh, we're suffering for things that we've done, you know, for things that we've done in the past, for stupid decisions that I've made. I'm having to suffer for them now, having to put up with it. And who knows how far back that those uh, reactions come from, how far back they come from. They could come from a previous lifetime, for all I know. Anyhow, so that's, that's the way it's done. And he allows, uh, Krishna allows suffering as a, way, as a means of remembering. Because unless we're suffering, we don't start asking the good questions. Why am I suffering? Some people might ask that question, but... They, you know, unless they have come into contact with the devotees and have received a copy of Bhagavad Gita as it is, they quite often don't 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 have any idea why they're suffering. Oh, it's just the material world. This, you're just living in the material world. That's the reason you're suffering. Oh, Adam and Eve sinned, and because they sinned, therefore, everybody that comes after them is also having to pay for the price for their sin. Stupid. Absolutely, there's it makes no rational sense. To say that somebody else is the cause of my suffering. If you say that they are, then you say that one of two things. Either God isn't in control, or he's not just. 
But we understand that God is in control of everything, down to the movement of a blade of grass. Not a blade of grass moves in all the three worlds without the sanction of the Supreme Lord, we hear. And that makes sense. I, I don't know how God does it. Krishna, I don't see how he does it. You know, how he pays attention to every living entity that comes into this material world. He comes with us in a form. Whatever kind of body we take, whether it's a single cell amoeba or paramecium or something, a creature living in the depths of the ocean uh, in a place that the pressure would be so great that it would immediately kill us if we were put into it. Still, there are creatures living in that in that kind of environment. And Krishna is going with each one of those in that environment. Super soul. Antaryami. Parish, no, no, what is it? Paramatma. Yes, thank you. Several names it goes by. And so he allows us to take those reactions. He gives us suffering. And uh, I mentioned before that uh, Radharani was once asked, what is the most valuable thing in the material world, in all the material creation? And you know what she said? Suffering. The most valuable thing in the material world is suffering. What did Queen Kunti say? Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Keep the keep the misery, the pains coming. Because uh, when you do, we feel ourselves, uh, yourself being brought closer to us. So, um, that's the reason. Krishna sends his representatives to remind the jivas of their organ, origins. We forget. We come in. Nobody mentions. How many times in your early life, or maybe you were born in a more pious family than I was, how many times did somebody tell you when you were a child growing up, uh, this is not your first time in the material world. You've been here many times. Uh, uh, you're wondering how you got the kind of body you got. You got a male body, you think you're female. Or you got your, you got a male body, you think you're male in this material. Hey, and you, we forget. We can forget so much about where we came from and what we're supposed to be doing here. So that it makes sense then that when a person is starting to wake up, then he starts to remember. And so Krishna sends all kinds of, of spirit souls here to uh, remind us of our origin, uh, to show us his own pastimes, to attract us, to attract our attention. He's not going to make us leave this material world. I mean, he invites us to leave the material world, but he's not going to force us to leave the material. If we insist on staying, he will let us stay. Isn't that amazing? He's so kind. He said, you like your suffering? Fine, you can stay there. You like this kind of body that you have that gets old, gets diseased, and causes you so many problems? Is that what you want? All right, it's yours. Uh, and, and, but uh, then if he says, "Oh, but you you say you say you're a little bit attracted to my spiritual world. My, you like you kind of like hearing about my activities. Hey, you know what? You can have those if you want them. All you got to do is follow follow the rules, and it can happen. Krishna is so kind to us, He's, and and so you know how else are we going to become attracted away from this world?" This world has got so many distractions, so many interesting things going on. <clears throat> My big thing here lately is 1940-1941 Ford pickup trucks. <laughs> Why? 
I don't know. It's kind of strange, isn't it? Uh, but uh, it's, it's part of Krishna's material energy. You know, it's, it's very intriguing to deal with it. So how does he help us get back on the path, back going back home, back to Godhead? Well, for me, it was uh, boredom, a lot, a lot of boredom. Uh, once I once I finished school the first time in 1968, got out in the working world, got married. <clears throat> you know, it didn't take long when you think, well, this is not really that interesting. There, there's got to be something else. And then I began to hear about people who had mystical experiences and reading Be Here Now and, and autobiography of a yogi and Carlos Castaneda's uh, teachings of a yaki way of knowledge, teachings of Don Juan, a yaki way. So many books I was reading like that, I thought, now this is interesting stuff. This is really, but as scary as the devil it was really scary stuff. So I was I was really kind of pleased when I found out that Prabhupada said that this uh, this path of bhakti is the fearless path, no fear, and that that really kind of appealed to me. Um, so boredom and suffering helps us to understand the limitations of this this existence that we now have. Uh, if life is just going hunky dory for you know for. 50, 60, 70 years, uh, you know what you got to look forward to. You lose your hearing, you lose your vision, you lose your teeth, you lose your ability to enjoy your body as you used to. And and so that's just, and it's a wonderful thing. It's wonderful that it's arranged like that. Because, you know, a person gets sick and tired of being sick and tired then uh, then he's going to look for some way, or she is going to look for some way to get some relief. And so we, we, start, we start listening a little more closely to people that talk about something besides what we see with our physical senses, with our five senses. Um, it's, it's really important, I think, that when uh, one of Krishna's representatives comes, he helps us to remember our original existence, the place where we came from, and he shows us how to. They showed us how to conduct our lives in devotional service to the Lord. You want to get out of this place? Well, here's here's a way to do it. All you got to do is perform a little service. What's one of the first things? What's one of the first forms of service? Here, put this in your mouth. Yeah, put this gulab jamun in your mouth all at one time. Don't try to bite off a piece. Put the whole thing in your mouth. That's that's a form of austerity, you know. That's what one of the austerities we have to perform by being with devotees. Uh, how to how to uh, take in as many sweets as are as are being offered to us. All kinds of nice things to eat. That's, so that's one way that we uh, that we begin. That's one of the first ways we begin to um, engage in service, isn't it? Another is to read and to hear from other people. I mean, this this group of young men that I met on the streets of Knoxville, Tennessee, back in 1971, uh, kind of unusual-looking guys. They were wearing funny clothes. They were singing something. I couldn't tell what, playing some little instruments with their hands. <clears throat> and as I stood there and watched them with long hair and a beard, one of them came, to, came up to me and said, Hey, would you like to have a book? I said, Sure. How much? He said, Five or ten dollars. I don't remember exactly what. I said, All right. So I gave him a ten-dollar bill. Took the book, 
as I was leaving, having to go back to work because my break was over, he said, read the book. That's all right. That's the first time I heard the name Krishna, 1971. I was about 27, 28 years old by that time. I'd spent 27, 28 years on the planet just doing nothing of any value. Nothing that would prepare me for what was coming later on in my life. And so somehow or other, just Krishna dropped these young men right out of the sky, right there on the street where I was walking, and and happened to bump into them and see what happened. Forty years I have been in Dallas since that time. It took me about uh, another eight or nine years to get to the point, get some association with devotees so that I could make this move to come to Dallas. I was living in the mountains of Tennessee. Beautiful place, beautiful place. <clears throat> but full of ignorance also. That's one thing uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, my spiritual master, said to me one time when we were talking about <clears throat> farming communities here in this country. He said the difference is that in 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 uh, India, in Vrindavan, the, the, the forests have some kind of sheen to them. You know what a sheen is? A shine, a brilliance that, and that I don't see here in this country. He was able to see. I could not see. He was able to see. So he, uh, the representatives then that we come into contact with show us how to conduct our lives in service. And they help us to understand that the Lord's desire is that we get out of this place. And in getting out of this place, that we take as many people along with us as we can. I heard Nityananda Prabhu say yesterday, I think, on, in the lecture or the day before, Yesterday. Yesterday was Christmas Day. Yeah, it must have been yesterday morning he was speaking. He said that, uh, you know, we, it's, it's not that you can just get out of this world by yourself. you got to make, you got to take other people with you. And that's kind of a nice thing, isn't it? So, that, you know, if we care, if we give someone else the kind of care about themselves that we received about our own self, then it, it just makes things easier. And guess what? We get the benefit from helping them. We even get benefit from helping them. So it's like uh, it's like we've received this valuable gift, and the only way we can keep it is to give it away. So that's how we get out of this material world. And uh, by hearing about great personalities in the Srimad Bhagavatam, that's the reason, I guess, that the Srimad Bhagavatam is called our, our very source of of, uh, what is it? It's our very source of freedom or extrication from this material world. The Srimad Bhagavatam. Just by listening to the Bhagavatam, you can get freedom from this material world. Just by reading it yourself. <clears throat> now, what speak of all the gulab jamans and, and ladus and and, and uh, jalebis and stuff. I mean, you, you may be forced to have to eat some of that too. But, you know, the main thing is that you learn to read Srimad Bhagavatam. And then if somebody forces the sweets on you, you just accept them, you know, peacefully, humbly. You don't, you don't, you just don't know what you, what you've got until the time has passed. Back in the uh, late 70s, I was also, um, I was working with a company that had me flying some places. And I ran across this uh, African-American body devotee by the name of uh, Bal- Balabhadra, 
I think it was his name, in uh, Atlanta. Anybody know him? Yeah. He's an old, old devotee. Yeah. <clears throat> About the first thing I asked him when I, when I saw him at the airport was, uh, you got any, any anything to eat? Because <laughs> I'd heard that, you know, prasadam was a nice thing. If you can get some prasadam, you make some advancement. And he brought me an orange. Of course, you know, at that time, they I don't think the book distributors were prepared to pass out prasadam freely at the airport. <clears throat> but uh, somehow or other, he, he acceded to my request and uh, brought me an orange to eat. So we we run into people like that. It's just it seems like it's happening by chance, doesn't it? Just by chance that you run into people like that, and and when you start when you when you start uh, meeting devotees of Krishna, it's uh, it seems like uh, that it's you know it's like you know what an avalanche is like. You know it starts out with a little bit of loosening of the snow, and, it, and as it goes down the hill, it gets bigger and bigger. You can see pictures of those things on on YouTube. And they're really interesting to watch because, you know, sometimes the speed of those things coming down the mountain gets to be very great. And they're pushing a wall of air in front of them so that people are down here watching it and filming it, you know. Suddenly they start feeling this thing like hurricane winds coming toward them, you know. And uh, so anyhow, that's the way it seems like when you, when you start meeting devotees that it, they just keep coming. And there's more and more of them, and it just seems like it's an avalanche. You get you get avalanched by the presence of other people who are on this spiritual path, and it's a really a nice thing, really a wonderful thing, isn't it? I just I just haven't been able to find people of the same quality as the devotees. There are a lot of good people out there in the society, and they're just waiting. They're waiting for the opportunity to receive this information about the Supreme Lord. Yes, please, bring that baby in. Come on up front. So uh, so we, we, we uh, allow ourselves to come into this material world. We, we practically ask for it, and Krishna uh, facilitates us. And then uh, we want to use all these material means for our own personal satisfaction, and Krishna facilitates that too, uh, to, even to the extent of... Uh, a Hitler, or a Stalin, or a, or a, what's the Italian man's name? The one who who was the Mussolini. Yeah. Uh, even though you have a desire like that, which is really heinous, it's a, and it's 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 amazing to see that what people will do to try to gain world fame and world dominance. They're willing to see millions and millions of people being killed uh, just because of some words they said, just the words they spoke out of their mouths. And Krishna facilitates them. Because otherwise, where would their power come from? What did what did Prahlad say to Hiranyakashivu, his father? When his father asked him, Prahlad, where do you get your power? He said, from the same place you get your power, father. So it, it's up to it's up to us. Then we've received the gift. <clears throat> those of us who were born in America are more fortunate than those of you who were born in India, because what were the chances that we would ever meet a holy man of the nature of Prabhupada? But then you came to America looking for gold, 
And, and Prabhupada, Prabhupada gave you something that you weren't expecting. He said, become a renunciate. Give up. Don't give up your material goods necessarily. Don't give them up. Just uh, start using them for the right purpose. And the more you do it, the more happy you become. Because you see how what, what effect it's having on other people's lives. How could that boy know when he came up to me in 1971? How could he know where I would be 50 years later? There was no way he could know. And yet he was acting under the instruction of his spiritual master. Or his spiritual leader. Prabhupada was a spiritual master of everyone at that time. But this man, you know, had the leader that took them around to different places. Found out later that somebody had thrown a firebomb into a window of a hotel room where devotees were staying, into a motel room. Killed one. Killed one of the devotees. Did you know about that? Knoxville, Tennessee. 1970s? You do? Yeah, I don't know whether it was the same party that I had seen earlier, but I was I was just aghast when I when I read it. <clears throat> how can how can people so misinterpret the actions of other people just by looking at their appearance, hearing the songs they sing, you know, hearing about their way of life? How can they become so inimical by that? There are people trying to trying to make the whole world peaceful by passing out literatures that can change a person's life. And what what did he do? You know, what did he do to my life? <clears throat> so therefore, we owe so much of a debt of gratitude uh, to the representatives that Krishna sends into this world. We owe so much debt of gratitude that we can never repay it. But we can try. And what does Krishna want more than anything else? To shut down the whole material world and just take everybody back to the spiritual world. And why doesn't he just do it? He's all-powerful, isn't he? He will not go against your desires. If you desire to stay in the material world, Krishna says, okay, it's not what I want, but if it's what you want, okay, you can have it. And then your spiritual master comes along and <clears throat> he's a lot more, he's a lot uh, kinder than Krishna is. Because he doesn't say, well, it's okay, if that's what you want, just do it. He says, get yourself up in the morning, get a bath, and go to Mongol Arctic. <clears throat> or, or take, take this, take this hand load, this arm load of books out, and start passing them out to people. Find somebody who will, who want, who will take them. <clears throat> Christian doesn't, doesn't do that to us. You know, he just welcomes us back with open arms. But he sends his representatives, you know, to shock us. We have to be shocked a little bit uh, to get us to wake up. Hare Krishna. Thank you all very much for staying with me. Is there anything that anyone has thought about that you would like to bring up at this time? Mr. Bhagavan Prabhu has got the uh, working transmitter. Yes, please, Prabhu. Sometimes around Sankatan. Yesterday, Nityananda Prabhu gave a really good class explaining how Jesus is a devotee, just like all of us. Nityananda, yesterday? Yes, he explained how Christ, of the Christ, means of Krishna. Yeah. And we understand that Christ is a, a devotee of Krishna. He says he's the son of, son of God, he's, and that my father is 
is the is known as the Christ or Krishna. But yet we sometimes run in on the Sankirtan people who are who refuse or actually even offensive towards Krishna when they in the name of of Christ, like they say that because I'm Christian, I can't buy that book. So why? How is it that people who are worshiping God reject God? Yeah, it's you know the example has been given of the uh, person who's in the fourth grade and he's learned multiplication and and division, a little bit of division in fourth grade. I think it's what happens at that age. And uh, you uh, you bring a book to him and say, "This is math," and he says, "No, it's not." It says it says uh, integral calculus on it on the book. You hand it hand it to him, and say, "Now this is the real math. This is what you're getting ready for." And the and the child you know the child is smart. He'd say, "No, it's not. This is the book right here. This this math book that I've got. This is it. That's all I need to know." And sometimes people are like that with, with regard to religion. They say, this is all, this, this is, one fellow told me back in Tennessee, he said, God wrote it, I believe it, and that's all there is to it. That was his motto. And uh, they just don't have, they just don't know, Mr. Bhagavan Prabhu, um, uh, how much more there is to know about the Supreme Lord. That he's not like not like the one pictured on the on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, put up there by Michelangelo. Uh, you know, an old man reaching out one finger to touch the finger of the human being that is reaching toward him. They don't they don't have any idea that God is a, like a fifteen year old kid, fifteen year old boy, beautiful to look at. Just sweet natured as he can be, they don't think about God in that way. Think about God as is one to chastise. He's going to send you to hell if you don't do, if you don't do the right thing. Uh, and and by the way, that's to hell forever, forever and ever and ever because you did something wrong in this lifetime. You weren't you weren't born you weren't born in, the, in a family of of, of Arab sheiks. Who have hundreds of millions of dollars at their disposal? So, you know the young young kids that go out and buy Maseratis and, and other kinds of nice automobiles, Ferraris. Um, uh, you did you you didn't take that kind of birth. You took your birth in, in a crack house to my mother who was addicted to crack, whose father he never knew anything about. Now they expect that kid. Some people expect that kid that born in that circumstance to get to the same point as the other person who was born in a royal family with all kinds of wealth, uh, maybe who had some spiritual training, maybe not. Uh, and for that kid that was born in, into very unfortunate circumstances, maybe he lives to be 20 years old, 25 years old, gets shot on, shot on the street. Uh, and so you're going to send him to hell, Right. Forever and ever. Because you gave him a rotten birth to begin with, God. You didn't give him that special birth over here. So you're going to send that kid to you're going to send that kid to hell to suffer forever and ever and ever. Man, something's wrong with that kind of thinking. 
And that's what many of us believed when we came into touch with the devotees of Krishna. found out that devotees of Krishna knew God as Jesus knew God. He's a very loving person. He doesn't, he doesn't send you here to make you suffer. It's just that you choose to come and then you choose to do the activities that cause you to suffer later on. I don't know whether I answered your question. Is there any other comment that anybody said something that's on your mind that maybe you were thinking about during the class today that you'd like to bring up? Prabhu? I'm sorry? When someone wants to go back to God, uh, then why does God's energy play so hard on that uh, person who wants to go back and makes it difficult for the person to go back? Why does he make it difficult? Yeah. See how much he wants to go back. To see how badly he wants to go back. Are you just saying that because you're tired of suffering? You want to go back to the spiritual world now where you've heard that everything is all nice and clean and peaceful and sweet? Is that the reason you want to go back? Is that the only reason you want to go back to the spiritual world? What's going to keep you from doing back in the spiritual world what you've been doing in this world that has caused you to suffer like you're suffering? So people have to get to the point of recognizing that it's not other people who are causing them to suffer, and it's not God who is causing them to suffer. He's just trying to get your attention. If he allows you to take some of the reactions that you have coming from your previous lifetime or from this lifetime, if he, if he, uh, um, if he allows you to do that, it's, it's not just punitive. It's not because God is the big prison keeper. Actually, he's, got a, he's deputed someone else as his prison keeper, Durga Devi. But God, is, that's not what God wants. He doesn't want you to do that. But he also knows everything about you. He knows you better than you know yourself because he's sitting right in there, right in the heart, you know. And he knows when you're just uh, trying to put on the guise of a, of a spiritual person. Like we hear sometimes in India, there are people who put on saffron dress and they go out and beg money during the day, and then they come back home, take off the saffron dress, and smoke their beaties. So, you know, what kind of what kind of cheater you think you can cheat God? God's the biggest cheater. He can uh, he can he can take it all away. He can take it all away. But he won't take it all the way like that unless, uh, you know, unless he really favors his devotee. And he realizes that by taking everything away, that person is going to realize that he is completely dependent on me. <clears throat> and with that kind of consciousness, there's a good chance that he's going to be able to make it out of this material world at the end of this lifetime. And maybe go back to the spiritual world. If not go back to the spiritual world, then at least come back and take birth in a family that is godly, you know, an advanced, advanced spiritualist, Krishna says in Gita, Bhagavad Gita, you can, that's one of the kinds of births that you can take. In a family of advanced yogis or spiritualists. 
So he gives you, again, it's a matter of opportunity. He's giving you the opportunity. You can, you can decide to do this or do that. But once you make either one of those decisions, everything is set up for you then. You make, you make the decision to stay over here and go down. He's going to make all provisions for you to become as degraded as you want to become. And if you make the decision, I want to clean up my life. I want to become, I want to become a good person. I want to become a saintly person because I've been around people who are saintly and they're worth being around. That's what I want to be like. I want to be like them. So God, once you make that kind of decision, God will give you all the, the, uh, the necessary elements to help you get to that point. He's a good fellow, Krishna. Hare Krishna. Yeah. Thank you, Prabhuji. Uh, you mentioned how the wor- this Krishna designed the world with suffering so that uh, we uh, turn to Him. And, I, and we. Uh, but can you s- comment? It seems like sometimes this goal is not achieved. Like someone suffering can just become disgusted with God or. or or, yeah, or, or discouraged. So, can you comment on this? Please? Say your question again. Sorry, um, you mentioned that suffering is designed by Krishna so that we turn back to Him. Yeah. Uh, but it seems it doesn't. In at times, the suffer. The suffering. Wait, wait a minute. This material world is a place of suffering and ignorance. And all the senses are a network of paths that lead us to death. <laughs> all we have to do is hear one child who is in, in distress that makes us remember. Now, go ahead with your question, please. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned it's designed by Krishna, so we go back to him. But it's, at times it seems if someone is suffering, he gets disgusted with God instead and, and discouraged or he loses trust in God. So can you comment on that? Gets discouraged because of the suffering that he's having to undergo? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? Uh, to become, because that, that can lead then one to the next step of realization. But if, but if you say, uh, I don't like God because he allowed my father to die when he was 55 years old instead of waiting until I I got to be an old man myself, and then I could see my father die. You know, uh, Krishna permits us to undergo the suffering. He doesn't require it. Well, in a way, he does. His material energy requires it. You know, whatever we have done, we have to we have to pay for. It. We have to come back and and uh, take what is what is coming to us. <laughs> Maybe in uh, another 15, 20 years, uh, this little one will be ready to hear. <laughs> uh, and I could say that about, uh, you know, I could say that about any of us. Maybe we're not ready to hear everything right now. Uh, maybe, maybe we think that God is causing us to suffer just because he's a bad person. But we understand when we read scriptures, when we listen to advanced spiritualists, Speaking, when we listen to our spiritual master, 
uh, we understand that, that he, he doesn't want us to suffer, and the suffering is not entirely punitive, even though it seems that way. It's not, it's not really punishment so much as it is. He's trying to turn our heads around and see him. He said, look, fool. He might call you that. He say, fool. Look, fool. You're suffering right now because of what you did in, in this lifetime. And if you think that's bad enough, then you got so many more reactions coming from the previous lifetimes. I could, I could just give them all to you right now and just destroy you. But I don't want to do that. I want to give you a little bit now, a little bit now, and, and, and hopefully you, you will come to the realization that, uh, I'm just, I'm just getting, this is, I'm getting what I'm due. Maybe I better check in with them, with the main controller, the supreme controller. I'm not sure that I answered your question. Is there anything else? Yes, sir. So you were saying earlier that Krishna wants us to come back to him and he sets up like this path of suffering so we can realize the path of Krishna consciousness. But sometimes it seems that Krishna is like, concealing his glories or even the path to Krishna consciousness. You see, people don't even know of God or know of anything to do with the spiritual world. And so it seems like Krishna's kind of hiding the second option. And the only option for them they can even think of is just to enjoy sense gratification. So if he really wants us back, why doesn't he show everyone how glorious he is? You know, when he was here 5,000 years ago, he did show himself to many people who didn't get it. Doryadana is one of those. You're familiar with that name? Yeah. And there were others. Shishapo. They could have, they could have loved Krishna. Krishna was as beautiful then as he is any other time. Krishna could have been as kind to them as he was to Vidura. Krishna walked, you know, when he was acting as the emissary to the uh, to the Pandavas uh, when they were in the the last year of exile, the fourteenth year, I guess, thirteenth, fourteenth year of exile, they were in the kingdom of the Matsyas, I think. And so Krishna came and and talked with them, and then he went back to uh, the court in Hastinapur and uh, and tried to sue for peace. He says, "Look." You know, there's there's enough for everybody. You know, you don't have to. He says, just give the, all the Pandavas are asking is a, a, just a village, a village. They are rulers. They have to rule. This is what this is their dharma. They have to rule. So he says, so uh, why don't you just share the kingdom with them, or at least give them one village each? And what did Duryodhana say? Not as much land as you can drive the head of a pen into will I give them. In other words, he was just he was just bound and determined to have his way, even though it's going to cost the lives of his entire dynasty practically. And he was going to leave his mother and father without any of their hundred sons. So he, he gives us the opportunity. You know, he makes the opportunity available. Um, if we want the opportunity, if we're not even looking for the opportunity, he's not going to force it into our minds. 
He may allow us to see a group of people down here on West End in, in Dallas, uh, chanting, uh, chanting on the streets while everybody's sitting around, you know, in, indulging in all kinds of stuff. And it may, mainly alcohol, we could say, but along with alcohol comes meat, and then illicit sex, and then, uh, then you could say their whole life is a gamble. So they, they're, they're implicated in gambling as well. So they have the opportunity. Uh, people have the opportunity. But they just, they don't choose to take that opportunity. Somebody can say, I've got, you know, I've got, uh, I've got $15 million to give you. Just come over to the house sometime. And you say, bye. I don't need that much money. I'm making enough. I'm doing all right. Pass up the opportunity to see, uh, to get some real worth out of this stay on the planet. And yet they, they're just so bound and determined. Krishna will not force them to accept information about himself, about his devotees or anything else. He won't force it on them. If they're bound and determined to carry on their lives in the way they've been going, for 20 years, 30, 40, 50 years, 60, 70, 80. If they're bound and determined to continue on with their lives in the way they've been living them, he's not going to, he's not going to take them by the hair of the head and yank them as, uh, Lord, Lord Chaitanya did his young, that young man. What was his name? Young man that, uh, he, he had to, he, he went and took him away from a band of gypsies or somebody. He was so attracted to the women there. Allah. Call it Krishna. Yeah. So he, he went he went and forcibly dragged this young man back to this is the personality of Godhead doing this. And the person did not want to stay. He went back again to the place where he was uh he, he, where he was Getting the association of some low-class people, and you know, and that's the way people do, isn't it? They seek what does it say? Water seeks its own level. Water will seek the lowest level, and it will flow to that point. And that's the way some people's consciousness is. It just flows to that lowest point, that lowest level, and they think uh, this is where I'm happy. I'm with people who are my kind of people. It's a pity. All right, shall we stop? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, please. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Thank you so much for a wonderful class and the discussion and your practical examples. Um, I sometimes come across people who are, you know, especially the ones who say that, yeah, Krishna, I don't know who's Krishna, but I know Jehovah. Jehovah is my God. So what do you say to a person when you're preaching, you know, that uh, because God has so many names, this is the original name, and, like, they don't want to accept it. What do you say to them? What, you, you, know, you know the example of the sun, the analogy of talking about the sun? The sun appears in... Yes. All these places, and everywhere he appears, he's he's known by a different name. 
soul, S-O-L, or some people say Saul. Um, So uh, God is known by many different names. And uh, the realization that he gives to the people of any area is pretty much dependent on um, how much inclined they are to worship him. If they show just the least little inclination, he says, ah, a spark. And then he begins to fan the spark. Until it can get to be quite a, you know, a fire. When it gets to be a pretty good fire, then, you know, he can really give it some hard fanning, you know. And so that's the way, uh, that's the way Krishna does with his devotees as well. When there's a little spark, you know, he brings the kind of people to them that they need to help that spark grow a little bit. And then when the spark gets bigger and bigger, when the fire gets bigger and bigger, then, uh, then he, will, he will allow them to have the association of somebody who can help them make that a roaring fire instead of just a little tiny, tiny flame. So what, what, what can you do to help people who don't want to even accept the name of Krishna? Well, someone asked the question in here of Tamal Krishna Goswami at one time. Uh, he said, they said, you know, we're out distributing books and we come across this group of people who call themselves Christian and all they want to do is argue and you give them answers to their questions and they come up with other questions and they want to argue and argue. And he, uh, you know what his, his advice to them was? You may have to find someone else to preach to. The person that you're looking at, that you're talking to, might not be in the in the right position in his life to be able to accept what you what you're telling them. And so you just you just say, "All right, thank you very much. Here, take this sweet before I go, or before you leave my house. Come in and have something to eat before you leave." And, you know, that's the thing about Americans that we've talked about before. What people that were brought up in this Western country, they'll put anything in their mouths. It doesn't matter. It's no question. You give them something, if, if they trust you, you know, if they realize that you're not trying to poison them or something, uh, they'll put anything in their mouths. They'll try it. It doesn't matter. It could have all kinds of nasty things in it, and still it's, it's cooked and it looks pretty. It smells good. And they take a bite and say, hmm, that's pretty good. So we can do the same thing for those people with uh, prasadam. Prasadam is probably one of the easiest ways to get people to advance in spiritual life, you know, when they're on a very basic level. And if they can't, if they can't accept anything that you say, if they won't accept a book and read for themselves... Then, uh, then you just try to get them to take something that's been offered to the Supreme Lord. It's potent, very potent. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. All right, we should go. Uh, speaking of prasadam, uh, it just um, I'm reminded we're probably past time. I hope there's still prasadam waiting for everyone. Please find out where the prasadam room is if you don't know, and go and make sure. See if there's something in there that you can. Take a bite of. Kantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Shishivara Kalachanjidam ki jai. 
We offer our respectful obeisances to all the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord who just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone, and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Vajakalpa Tarubhis Chaya Kripa Sindhumya Patitanam Pavani Bio Vaishnavibyo Namu Namaha Anantakuti Vaishnavindaki Dai. Have a good day, everybody. Hare Krishna.